0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: Well, welcome to another Unashamed. I was I was really, we've got this started off with a positive because I really was wondering if Zach was still alive. And then he just popped up. But he was about 15 minutes late. And so, and he wasn't prepared. He didn't have his earphones. He didn't have his mic. But all that didn't matter because
0: I thought you're alive he's alive you're here <laughs> so what? So he, he you know he, he gets hidden every once in a while for you know a week or two but then all of a sudden yeah. you, you hit, he's
1: back no phone so what exactly no way is to his you.
0: job uh, well, what's his what do you call it what's his i have no idea <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> he's, an international,
3: <laughs> he's an international man of mystery Is the
2: question, I get asked that a lot. Well, for me, this is like my therapy, you know. I I do have a job that I have to go to work.
0: I mean, one day, flying along and enjoying each other's company, we had spoken somewhere. All I said was- Is that better? To Zach and Al, we need to get on that blooming internet. I said, because they can reach people, and that's all I said. Well, the next thing I know, they all took off like the shirt tails on fire- and I mean they 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 pulled it off. We're on the internet. Well here we they're sit on the internet. now what we're gonna do because our man, they 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 come and they gone. They come a little bit and they're gone. You see Zach, then you don't see him for a month. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or, I don't know why all is involved in that. He's a man on the
1: move. He just appears. That's what's so fascinating about the worldwide. Well, this is not the worldwide Well, What is it? This is just intercontinental connections. People well, just we're, show we're on up the on the Wide
2: web. We're on, you um, know, RSS feeds, all the lot But you guys make me sound kind of shady. I'm not up to anything nefarious. I promise you. He's well, just no he's working. Business.
3: He's a, he's working on future things. That, Zach I is a man who looks up, ahead.
0: He's running in a circle that I've never. After 76 years, I've never entered the circle. Zach is actually traveling in. <laughs> It's, it's men on the move, and they're back behind the shadows. And
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Zach, if you were into Shady, I mean, I'll give you the topics that we're going to address, Hebrews 13, via the Holy Spirit. Entertaining strangers, possible angel encounters, prisons, marriage beds, money, money. and leadership. So if there's anything shady going on, it's coming out right here, it's right coming now, out today. today. Stay tuned, y'all. because yeah. I
2: think That's there's what some, you call clickbait right there.
1: Let me tell you some irony which I find, you know, I kind of chuckled, is where else in the world or in a book can you go from strangers to angels to prisons to the marriage bed in about four sentences? And
0: a list that's about that long. On the kind of men you need to say, we want you to be an elder in the church, the kingdom of God that's going to reach. Well, that's in Titus all over but, the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's you, it. That, that's And I'm it. saying in Hebrews, yeah, he brings up leaders, but there are qualifications. Yeah, you were you were telling a funny story about that, a guy that they didn't have pastors or elders in their church. <laughs> Phil read that list in Titus one, and they're like. I don't know anybody like that here. Yeah, that's yeah, why we don't, have, why we don't have any leaders. That's why we don't have any. So I'm yeah. not sure
3: what needs to be done, but I'm pretty sure a meeting needs to happen. Well, the problem is with that, is it's like everything else we talk about on the podcast. When you try to you know, uh, make it a quantitative thing where it's just like a list or a law, these those are qualities of a person's character. And so that's what you're talking about. Of course, nobody's perfect. There's only one perfect that's. And, but a lot of churches get stymied like that because they don't have any leadership because they're going, well, there's nobody that's, you know, every checks off every one of those well, things in perfection. You're, you're never going to have, Do that, you, know you know,
1: why there's less people married today. you know, I, I think it, I don't know the, the exact stats I could look them up, but I remember it's at one stage, I remember 75% was married and then i remember it being like 50 something and now it's yeah. below 50%. Oh, i know. But the reason that is is cuz i think people are looking for the perfect match. I mean, especially these uh yeah. internet type thing find the perfect soulmate. Well, guess what?
3: Yeah. That ain't going to happen <laughs> cuz no one's perfect.
1: So no wonder right. they're
3: just like Pfft. nah. Oh, you're exactly right cuz cuz it's marriage is hard. It's I mean, it's work. I mean, you talk about it a lot. With you and Missy, I mean y'all. Y'all had not much in common except for your faith, and but you know, obviously it's worked out well. What's yeah. interesting have to work
0: is it? the list it mentions uh, in lieu of you know you read like you know where we are in the Book of Hebrews, but but elders in the church who's overseers they're they're looking o- over the, the the people of God, His kingdom. But blameless is mentioned twice in Titus 1, where a list is given. By the way, when you get these men, the Apostle Paul was talking to Titus, he said, they need to be blameless. But, you know, three or four statements later, he said, you know, they need to be blameless. So, how do you run up on blameless individuals in a sin cursed world, Al? You're an elder.
3: Well, I am as as are you. Um no, it's I, I think you're, you're talking about reputation. The way the Hebrew writer puts it in verse 7, he says, "Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider yep. the outcome of their way of life. I noticed that. And imitate their faith." So, you know, that's a kind of a so when you're talking about blameless, you're talking about a guy that has a good reputation. I mean, people you know, they know he's not shady. And we were were joking about that earlier, but it's, they have the reputation that they love the Lord and their way of life. All you got to do is observe them and you'll know, you know, know in in marriage and leadership, if we're all
1: flawed, which we are in both cases, well, how you respond to that is ultimately how you're viewed as blameless. I mean, people make mistakes. You've, there's, there's ways of handling that. And so, I mean, if you just try to hide it, if that's your fur or lie about it, and then try to hide it in marriage or in leadership, that's going to lead to not being viewed as blameless.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kind yeah, well, of an, and,
2: well, an irony there, you know, if you, well, yeah, marriage is a, a great test of, in the way a man runs his family, as you know, how what kind of leader is he going to be in the church? I mean, if you I mean, because it's tough when you're in a family and you're trying to raise kids. You know, I've got five, and you know, we just got Layla out of the house at 18, and I think that was successful. But you know, I, always I like the way you fingers. put
0: that. We, we just got her out of the house.
2: <laughs> well, she's not she, up, but she's not she off the back, payroll. can she come but back she
0: can she come back? yeah
2: i let her come back during christmas and break and you know, which, yeah. you know it's like you, know, you, you get them you, you want to raise them up to, to be godly people and i think that's when you look at uh those qualifications for elder i think it's interesting well, You kind of like that
0: old the, the guy on uh on tombstone well uh bye <laughs>
1: uh, look my father-in-law this is one thing you know we had the i've shared this before we had the little mishap on the uh the blessing you know at your know, missy's like you gotta ask my my dad's blessing for the marriage which was turned out to be a terrible idea because he's a little awkward <laughs> no it wasn't awkward he it was said a lot of awkward. he said no I'm not giving you the blessing.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't have
1: a plan B. The after. Justice of peace. Oh, that's the Justice not
0: good. of peace. peace. Justice peace. You know, he—he—he's the guy. You know, so, you know who where, who marries us around here. We took off to Oklahoma because you don't have to be but 18 to marry. So we go up there, me and your mother, and all he said was, "You want her?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah." He said, sign out want her. here? Give me 15 dollars."
2: I mean, it was, was
1: short and quick. The statement was, her, yeah. do you want her, did was she, the actual statement. Did step. he ask her if she
2: wanted you? Yeah. It's, it's kind of a two-way street, Well, right? yeah,
1: I think there was. it was some sad times Long back The shorter
0: then. wedding ceremonies I've ever witnessed. So when was
1: this, back in the 30s or 40s? Oh,
0: this was back way
1: back uh, <laughs> this 50s. This was in holidays, the 60s, 60s, Oh, in the 60s. Six, yeah, I, you know, I was just yeah. kidding. But '60s were the 1960s <laughs> were turbulent times. You tell me about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> so what I was going to say was this,
0: I didn't have the qualification for elders at that point in my life.
1: <laughs> well, but what I was going to say is then fast forward a couple months because we never really got that resolved with the blessing. But then he did say, because I think he thought, well, this is inevitable. They're going to be married without the blessing or with it, which was true. And uh, so then he tells Missy. Uh, I hope he don't. He doesn't get mad about this. I think the statute of limitations have run out. But he, I remember him saying something along the lines: "Now, if you marry her, she can't come back here." And I just paused and thought, "What did he just say? If I marry her, she can't come back here." So I thought, "Okay," <laughs> but <laughs> but it was a. It was the injury that made me think of that when Zach said that about, okay, you're on your own now. You can't come back. You know, you know. It's, but you don't say that because they do come back. But in the marriage, yeah. I think he was saying, you know, if y'all have some problems, work it out. His underlying tone was, don't send her back here if you're marrying yeah, her. This is it. Well, they this told is me,
0: I just heard a little scuttlebutt through the last, you know, 20 years. It gets worse as we go but they basically said a lot of young people now who are living with their parents when they turn 18, they don't leave. They go back in the bed. Oh, I've
1: had those conversations yeah. with young men. It's, it's, where, it's called failure to launch, failure to launch. <laughs> yeah, I, They've been in their 20s, and nobody else would man up and do this, and I said, I'll do it because were, we were having a discussion. Of, you know about a guy in his uh, the last one idea was a guy in his late 20s that was living in the basement of his parents house and uh and if you're in that position now look we love you but it's time to move out it, this is the way this works time to go and so he was like well what biblical evidence he he tried to argue from biblically he didn't have biblically. to go. and uh I started to go down that road and I just said, look, if you're going to try to argue this, there's a, there's a deeper, there's a deeper problem. You know, you need to be a leader. It's time to move. I'm not going to have that argument with you. I'm just telling you as a man who loves you and wants you to, you know, have some direction, be a leader. It's time to move out.
0: Do you move?
3: Do you move does it happen? Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for like a great ending. And, yeah, that was, you know, yeah,
1: and now totally, was married with four I'm kids. I'm not laughing because I'm happy, uh, but I don't know what else I can do. You know, I mean. Yeah. Well. No, it didn't have it a happy is, ending. It,
3: but that's the thing about it. And dad, you were talking about that. That's why elder means older. You know, there has to be some some Over, uh, track overseer, record. Overseer,
0: out, Overseer. Yeah. Just so You know,
3: that's not. And young people are immature. You know, they, they, it takes them a while to be seasoned and to learn things and to be discipled. And so that's why the Bible talks about the the text you refer to in Titus. Elder means older. I mean, it, it, that's who you need to look to. Plus people who well, have lived some it life. It's
0: interesting. And it say, he said he must not be a recent convert. other words
1: well look i want to clarify this i'm not an elder i'm not a pastor because you have to use more uh what is the word more yeah diplomacy and you're in these situations and so but i'm just a guy you know i'm a believer and and (laughs) so i think To me, I mean, I didn't really care about the ramifications. I was just blunt about it. And that's why I didn't want to have an argument about it. And I was not very diplomatic, and maybe I should have been. But I will say this I thought about Phil because before we jump ahead, this is kind of a funny thing that happened to me. When I was researching.
3: Hang on, on, Jay. Let's take a break. You know, one of the things that's hardest on me when I'm on the road, because I'm about to have to hit the road to do some uh, appearances and, and speeches and stuff, is not having my mattress. Jace, uh, you and I both uh, have experienced what they call Helix Sleep, uh, and it's really, really good. I wish I could take it with me everywhere that Just I went. Get you an uh,
1: RV and put it in there.
3: <laughs> well, I could do that. It probably takes me a while to get to places. Uh, but we want you to check it out. They have a uh, 100-night risk-free trial uh and you go online uh, on their website you're going to take a little quiz and it's only like three or four questions and this is just to make sure that they you know send the right mattress to what you enjoy whether you like a little softer a little more firm Um, they come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model and like i said it's risk-free because you get 100 nights but uh you're gonna love it and we want you to check it out for a really good night's sleep helix is also offering up to 200 dollars off all mattress orders and Two free pillows for our unashamed listeners. So you go to helixsleep.com dot slash unashamed. That's helix h e l i x sleep dot com slash unashamed. Uh, you're going to take that little quiz, and you're going to get that mattress, and you're going to get a good night's sleep with Helix. Better sleep starts now.
1: When I was researching to back up to where we are in verse two. I mean, I want verse one of chapter 13. When it said, you know, be careful when you, or it doesn't say be careful, but what does it say? Uh, Don't forget to entertain strangers. Yeah, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. So I was trying to do some research and listen to people who talked about that just to see if I could find anything interesting, which I didn't, but I tried. But there was one guy I heard speaking and uh now he 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 really had uh it made me think of Phil because he he's a pastor at a church and they live in a somewhere in California, but it's a high homeless area and there's a lot of people on the street and of course, the next verse, you know, talks about remember those in prison. And he's like, you know, it's kind of ironic when you think about entertaining strangers. And then it brings up prison because there's a danger to entertaining strangers. And we talked about that on the last podcast. Yep, yep. But his his point was, I thought I'd sh- share this. So the guy says, well, here's what I do. He said, I'll give these strangers. One, two, five dollars sometimes. And. Oh man, let me turn my ringer off. I had my ringer off. <laughs> Gee whiz, it's
0: just bedlam. Our, our podcast why I Don't here. carry a cell phone. So,
1: so he was saying, look, I because because in their lay of the land, this is most people don't that when they think of strangers. He was saying, you know, we're thinking about all these people you're passing by every day, and uh, you feel guilty for not helping. He's like, I help them. He said, but. We also, he's he said, I don't want to be contributing to the destruction of their lives. I don't want to give them five dollars and then they go do something horrific with it or, you know, get drunk or use that as a as a money pool to Fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. So so here's why I thought of you, Phil, because here's a here's a guy who's a pastor at this church. He said, So here's what I do. He said, I've never shared this before, and I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm going to share it with you. So he said, what I do is when they say, you know, you got a buck or two, he's like, yeah. He said, but I want to pray for you first. So you're first thinking, oh, well, because he said, they all say okay. He said, but then I clarify. He said, I'm going to pray bluntly. I'm going to pray with passion about your situation. Are you fine with that? They're like, okay. He said, so then I start the prayer and it goes something like this. It goes, I pray, Lord, that this individual will use this money for something good and for something good only. And he said, I usually list a few things that may be good, you know, or, or needed. He said, however, Lord, I pray that if he does not use this for something good, if he uses this to get drunk or uses it on drugs or if he said, i name, I name the, the obvious sins. I pray that you will bring a curse on him where he will never <laughs> be able to have another dollar to be used and he said in jesus name amen of course the crowd laughed <laughs> and i thought about you in that moment phil because i thought here's a man wrestling with wanting to entertain strangers and be hospitable but he's also wanting to say no, wait a minute here i don't want to contribute to that so
0: i'm doing that in the form of a prayer
1: so I thought you would think that was funny. Yeah, it,
0: yeah, I've been there many, many, many times. <laughs> but he was serious.
1: I mean, he seriously does that. And, no, and and then then here's what he said. He says so sometimes. So after the prayer, I say Amen. I say I say, do you still want the money? He said, "There's been some that say nope, nope." <laughs> and he thought,
3: okay. That's, he said, but most say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to, to, uh, the question is, do they really believe they'll be cursed? Some of them say, All yeah, right. I, I know what I'm going to do, and I don't want to take a curse. I did think That's it was interesting.
1: Funny. It does show you that even people that you think are not that intelligent or maybe are mentally ill, they have a conscience to, that some of them in that moment say, I'm not going to commit to that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they they had a moment of honesty which uh, I thought was interesting, which which showed you they were going to use it for destructive measures and not for basic needs of humanity. I just thought I'd get your comments.
0: Many, 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 many times, it's uh, uh, the little money changes hands, but nothing changes. Every well, right. once in a while, the, it works out for, for their good, but, but it's really up to them to make the choice to live by faith or not live by faith. Throughout the book of Hebrews, you know, unless yeah. you, you know, unless you combine what you say with faith and it's demonstrated in the way you roll, unless that comes along and, and you can't make somebody do this, Jace. Right. it has to be from the heart, their heart. Well, he
1: does leap from strangers to people in prison. Now, look, I've always believed y'all are the experts, not me, but. I've always believed this was believers that were in prison.
3: Yeah. Like, like persecution.
1: That's what I thought. But there's a lot of the religious world. Just, they just believe that there's a lot of prison ministries based on this verse. Yep. And look, I'm all for, you know, you have a captive audience. I mean, I get it. So, I mean, I, 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 we've all, I mean, I did a, Prison ministry. You know, for all of us confer. have
3: spoken in several prisons, uh, you know, yeah. so we we understand that sometimes people, when their lives have got them to that point or maybe may at a breaking point where they're like, you know, this hadn't turned out well. And so they may be open. Uh, and a lot of people do get converted there in, in those do. settings. So I mean, look, I've, I, I think it could work either way. I felt like I think, like that, it was, I think uh, he was
2: talking about I do think he's talking about people in in the church that are in prison, because he says here, he clarifies at the bottom there. He says, remember, the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill treated, since you yourselves are also in the body. So I do think he's talking about people that are in the body that are in prison. And it's about us identifying with their suffering because if they're in there it's got it's kind of saying well you're in there with them we're we're all in this together
1: no i 100
2: percent agree i i was just trying to be
1: uh diplomatic because a lot of people
0: they just well maybe you've these been now, ministries and they use this right? <laughs> yeah you're saying. uh
1: wow well, that was i was trying to be funny and uh i guess i shouldn't have been because it just was a gong show moment but i was just saying that cause, to say that a lot of people, they just read something and they don't really look at the context. And since we don't, in the U.S., don't have a lot of people, if any, in prison because they are they follow Jesus, you know, we just think, well, that's not happening. But there are a lot of people across the world who are in prison because they follow Jesus. And, uh, and look, you're then putting yourself in, that is putting yourself in danger if you were reaching out to them in this setting so uh, I think it was a pretty powerful admonition
0: yeah you know <laughs> if you don't work you don't eat and uh you know work hard with your hands doing something that's good but this is kind of interesting keep your lives free from the love of money you have to have it when you work you get paid for your work you have a job and you're you you're, you're doing what's right but you can't love the money, be content with what you have, because he says, never I'll leave you, never will I forsake you. Well, there's a lot riding on a person who loves money but knows he has to have a certain amount of money to survive in any culture.
2: Well, I so think we're going to get that.
0: There's a balance in there. But
1: I think the love of money actually causes a lot of people to be in prison. Not for their, <laughs> not for their that's faith, true. which is.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it's that's interesting, why I, isn't it? Well, yeah, you just think about it. I mean, we're going to get into the
2: problems yeah. here. I mean, because then he, well, even even keeping keeping the marriage when you defile the marriage bed, as Phil, you know, he talks about that too. That also can land you in a courtroom. Yep. You know, well, not exactly. in prison, but it can land you in a courtroom for sure. Yeah. Well, well and, Zach, and what then, was
1: you going to th- say about the prison being in prison? You were going to say something.
2: Oh, I was just talking about just uh, the identification with the with body. I mean, I think that um, I love this whole context of uh, my, the heading on mine says concluding moral directions. And so to me, it's a kind of an application right here of everything that he's been talking about. This is what it w- would look like if you were to live out the kingdom in the way that the Hebrew writer is, is kind of unfolding it. And you start to see this picture of um, entertaining strangers and like hospitality, uh, purity in your, in your marriage and in your sexuality. And, and, uh, um, yeah, just, the whole thing, the, the, uh, living life, doing life together. And, you know, when Phil was talking about at the very beginning of this, he, he had made the equation, um, to elders and how churches are set up. I think it's important because I think there's a, a, a lot of this is about doing life together and, um, and God set things up in a certain way so that we could have this accountability and we could be entertaining people and be hospitable and, and be sharing life together in the kingdom. And some of us in this culture, they were being persecuted. And I, I would imagine that they drew a lot of support from the church as they were being tormented by, by, uh, the opposition. Yeah. And I think that exactly. that's kind of this thing that he's, he's, he's laying out here.
3: Hang, hang on, Jase, let's take a break. You know, we've been talking quite a bit in our Hebrew study about, you know, living in a fallen world and, you know, obviously, Satan is still roaming around and and doing a lot of evil things and enticing people. And and you probably see that the most on the Internet and pornography in particular. Uh, This has been a plague, you know, on on our country and our culture for a long time, but it seems to get worse now and, and people are exposed to it younger and younger. Uh, But we have uh, one of our sponsors is a great group called Covenant Eyes. And so the past 22 years, uh, they have helped over a million and a half people live a porn free life. So it can be done. I know some of you out there are really struggling with it because, you know, you sent me emails about it. You need to check these guys out uh, because they've been helping people for a long time. And I know it's a shameful thing to talk about, but they're they're going to help you. Uh, So right now you can try Covenant Eyes. Uh, free for 30 days. So there's a free 30-day trial if you sign up today using the promo code PHIL. So you got nothing to lose and a lot to gain. You go to Cove, C-O-V-E-Y-E-S, com slash PHIL. So that's com slash PHIL. Get that 30-day trial. Get your life in a better place. Well, I and, hope- I, and I think one of... The, one of the themes is is empathy when this thing about the, you know, ha- having an understanding for other people who are suffering. And I've always thought that Jesus's greatest quality, one of his greatest qualities was his empathy because he he never sinned. So he didn't so he, he didn't understand us in the way that we all kind of understand. We all say, well, we're all sinners, but he didn't. And yet, still, he had so much compassion. How many times does it say he looked at this person and had compassion on them? I mean, that empathy that Jesus displayed, I think, is really a quality that all of us should strive for that you can see other people in tough situations and you feel for them. You, you, you know, you, you want to walk alongside them.
2: Yeah, when you get and when you get to the end of Hebrews thirteen, and he starts talking about like leadership, and he uses phrases that we're not comfortable with, like obey your leaders and submit to to them. Uh, I've run into situations where people have these model. I, I just don't think it's biblical to have a model where you have like a guy who gets vision from God and then he gives it to all the people. I think when we look in Scripture, we talk about elders. There's this phrase uh, about a, like a lead elder or chief elder or great shepherd. In verse 29, the people of God who are brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus Christ, our Lord, equipped you in every good thing to do his will. Um, There's also a passage in first Peter, chapter five, when it talks about elders. But when you talk about like chief elder or lead shepherd or like any anytime there's a terminology that talks about like one elder being over all the other elders, it's always talking about Jesus. And, and right. I think that that's important because in a church, you got to have accountability and you have to have a group of men that are holding each other accountable. And that's what that's what a body of elders is, is a group of men that are, that are meeting together collectively. There's a collective authority. It's not individual authority of one elder. It's actually the collective authority. It's, it's really more about accountability that these folks are holding the church and each other too to a standard. Uh, yeah. where there can be church it discipline does say, and shepherding. Peter
0: said, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Then when the chief shepherd appears, Jesus, you'll receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In other words, there is something to be said about not lording it over elders, not lording well, it over that's the flock.
1: The, that's the context here. I mean, he spent 10 chapters talking about Jesus is better. We got a better system, and then he... You know, goes through the faith of of those who believed in the unseen God and trusted. And then, you know, chapter 12, he, he really narrows it down to, to, so you fix your eyes on Jesus, and you throw off these weights that maybe even they are the blessings of God, but that your attitude is not correctly handled, and you be careful of the sin that so easily entangles. And then he just gives this picture of what we're participating in with the kingdom of God that we talked about last time, the, the all of the unseen realities, which is so awesome, and we talked about having our hope in that. But then he gets here, and it's like, okay, so this is how you respond to that. I mean, fixing your eyes on Jesus, which He is our chief shepherd. It it reflects the love that you know, God has for us. And so all of a sudden you start having a love for the brotherhood, having a love for strangers, uh, having a love and an empathy like Al said for those having in, a, in, in I, prison. I, I, having who have, a
0: system of law, these people, the temple worshipers, and the priests, the chief priests and the teachers of the law was where all the trouble was coming from when Jesus appeared. I mean... Yeah. They, it had become the leadership had become. I mean, lording it over people is an understatement.
1: Yeah, yeah that's what I was getting to. Because then he then he gets into marriage, which is you just think about it. I mean, a focus on Jesus, and and an acceptance that there are going to be hard times and discipline moments. You know, from God, and and you're seeing each other. You, you're not. You're not having this fantasy of finding the perfect match you're you're having to work despite the flaws which is a is a way more secure intimate relationship than uh you know this this idea where it's like uh you know to make the who is that that speaker who who was saying you know having a marriage is not a consumer driven arrangement which is you know, you go to the grocery store and what? You buy what you want and what you need. Yeah, at, at the at the most discounted price you can find. And guess what? If they don't have what you need or they're too expensive, well, you just go down to another grocery store. And so I think people enter marriage with that mindset and they're like, well, wait a minute. this I got a better deal over here and that's why it's so difficult. But in fact, it's based on a promise just like that's why I think he brought up marriage here. That this is a covenant relationship that you're entering, which is more uh, sustainable and more free. I mean, yeah, there's more freedom based on a covenant than just trying to figure it out based on your emotions or passions. It's or,
2: because it's not transactional. You mentioned but, the word intensity, but, but yeah. you got to remember yeah.
0: the, the qualifications here. We probably should discuss this more you know, as a church for me getting the Hebrews and uh, what kind of men you should be. Uh, an elder must not be a recent convert or he'll become conceited. He may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil, which whew, he must also, check this out. In verse seven, this is first Timothy three, verse seven. He, the elder must also have a good reputation of all people with outsiders. You're like, he needs to get along with people who are not godly, so that's interesting, so that he will not fall into disgrace until the devil's trap. And then he says this, deacons, here's another group of individuals just beneath the elders, they're to be men of worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, so they're not out getting drunk, and not pursuing dishonest gain, they've got the money thing where they don't love love money, they must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith and with a clear conscience. They first must be tested, and then if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Then he mentions their wives, w- women worthy of respect. I'm just making these points to see, to show you. Although we're all under grace, there is a tier of leadership, Jesus the, 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 the older men of faith, the younger people of faith, elders, deacons, all the way down, and then teachers, of course. But you look at all that, there is some structure to all of this.
2: There, there, but yeah and I think it underscore I think Phil that underscores the importance and, I, and I, I really want to say this because I'm, I'm really convicted about this, especially with what we do. There is an importance uh, the, the, to the local church. I mean that cannot you cannot wash that away. And and when Jace was talking about marriage, I mean, you could take that same type of spirit and and move that into the church. And I think we do that so much. We we're going around and we're we're shopping for this. We're shopping. Well, they didn't meet my needs, or they didn't do this. Look, I think the way God designed it is imperfect people in a marriage and growing towards Him and closer community with Him through community with each other, and and through Him they find community with each other. It's the same thing in the church. And a lot of our listeners like like there's no substitute for a local church like like unashamed is not a church you know what I mean uh, all, even going online like we like that's great tune in online to whatever church but that's yep. not going that's not being a part of the church And it, it is there is no substitute for being in a congregation that has mm. elders and leaders that are shepherding God's people um, to 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 become more like Christ there is no substitute for that and I think in our culture. What's happened in the church is we've turned it into some kind of consumeristic thing that we go and we consume worship. as opposed, mm-hmm. and, and if we're not getting our needs met, then we're gone as opposed to going and actually participating in a body under local leadership. Yeah, The whole thing gets too la-
0: laborious. It gets to be a laborious well, exercise. Hang,
3: hang on. Let's take a break. So, Dad, we talk about this a lot, but, you know, the millions of Americans are starting to kind of wake up to a country they really don't recognize anymore. There's, there's so many changes in our culture and, and not a good thing. Um, so while people are out there struggling to raise their families and pay their bills, you got media and corporations telling them that they're what's wrong with the country. But one of our sponsors, uh, Patriot Mobile. Uh, they build themselves as America's only Christian conservative cell phone company, and so we know sort of some of the big ones d- definitely do not have our values, but Patriot Mobile does. They fight for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. So that's why they're different. Inflation's made it hard on Americans, but Patriot Mobile has plans for any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So get that same great service, but know you're going to do it with a company that shares your values. They have special discounts for veterans and first responders as well. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Use the offer code Phil to get free activation. So that's PatriotMobile.com slash Phil or call them 972-PATRIOT.
1: But the key point is despite the flaws, and that's you have a commitment. This is based on a promise. I mean, first he says marriage, then he gets the leaders. But he says here marriage should be honored by all. I mean, because it's a fundamental bedrock piece of society and in the church, because it's based on a promise. And it was God uh designed. Now, I mean, when you look when you say, Well, what it what is marriage? Why is that a fundamental thing? Well, you look at what God said many times throughout the Bible. He was real specific, talking about, for this reason, a man, you know, he he. it starts off saying God made them male and female. And then it says, you know, I think of Matthew 19, Jesus said that. He quotes what God said. And you say, well, how come he's been so specific? Because in any culture— When you start shopping around or basing it on whatever your feelings or passions or whatever is in, you know, the moment, you can get off by, I just picked that one thing, you know, find your perfect match. Well, that's a lie that will never be, there is no perfect match because all people are imperfect. You've built it already on a lie. And so people, when they get married, they're like, well, this is, this is nothing perfect about this. And so he then quotes and says, "For this reason, a man, and, you know, he made the male and female will leave his father and mother, which is why I told the guy to move out of the basement and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh." So you kind of have the overall, uh, it, you know, and it's it's human anatomy. It always goes back to that, as far as matching the parts for what. So the obvious thing is so that you can have a population without, I mean, I don't think I have to go in the birds of bees, but that's how people get here. A man and a woman get together and people come. So if that didn't happen in one generation, there'd be no people. Huh. So did you say that? And people are like, boy, that's deep. That's how we all got here. <laughs> oh, that, That's, that, that, that's here. a fundamental fact. And so, You know, as believers in God's word and that God is the creator, we're like, this is how people arrive on the planet. They're like, wow, fascinating. But I don't think it's just that, because then when you think about when he said marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. So you realize, well, if God is the architect, well, he made this act, the sex act, pleasurable, because it's obviously pleasurable so i mean so it's not just that it populates the earth but it's also pleasurable but then when you think about the marriage what how it's designed well it's based on a promise it's a vow you make to god and there's a legal document that you sign and you say why it's like we almost like god did with us uh in in and making that promise and sealing it with an oath to Abraham and that his descendants would, would be as numerous as stars in the sky. We do that because a lot of people, they'll say, well, you know, and y'all, y'all have heard this a lot. They're like, well, what's a piece of paper going to matter? Oh, it matters uh-huh. because in, in any other venture, that contract that you sign, even like, you know, I had to sign a contract for doing a TV show up until then everybody's talking and you were like well i don't like this and i'm leaving and i'm well, once sign a contract guess what there was some security there because now we've made an agreement and it's based yep. on a promise and look there's actually freedom there because you you can be yourself at your worst but you realize oh this person we're going to work through this at my worst because then it gets into real life situations And so I just wanted to say all that to say, look, there is a a fundamental difference in having a godly, a God-based marriage
0: as part of the foundation of our society that's actually really helpful and 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 secure. Unfortunately, we've lost that to a large degree, and we are now paying the price.
1: (laughs) Well, you just see the results. Now, I didn't say anything negative, but you see the results of people— uh to what we talked about having the consumer idea of marriage well they just stop getting married or the, or they just get divorced because they're like well i didn't sign up for this i mean i because what happens is as soon as you enter that relationship it's not long for you realize oh this perfect this person is not perfect and they're not just here for me
2: and or so they it's realize just, you're not perfect well, exactly. Yeah, that's it. The, the other side. They were like, I mean, you're 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 part of the equation. But, you know, we, we went through marriage ministry several times, like different uh, marriage ministries when we were growing up in the church and when Jill and I first got married. And a lot of the ministries were how do we meet each other's needs? And every time that I got to the end of one of those courses, I was madder than I was when we started because I was <laughs> like, wait a second, she's not meeting my needs. And then she's like, he's not meeting my needs. And even in the church, we've kind of amplified this idea that somehow the point of marriage is to fulfill each other. We think about that Jerry Maguire moment when Jerry Maguire walks in and and I think Renee Zellinger's character says, you you complete me. And and I'm like, that's a lie. Like No one's going to complete you. I mean, Jill is not she cannot complete me and I can't complete her. And we we didn't find any hope in our own personal marriage until. Uh, we got to the place that we realized that we couldn't complete each other. and the point of marriage is not not just your personal satisfaction from this person, this finite being. it's actually the point Marriage is a picture. It's a reflection of the inner life of the triune God. All, all marriage is meant to do is just show us who God is. And so that, and, and when we experience marriage in that context, it's it it's, can be the greatest tool of sanctification that God gave us I mean you know, trust one me one thing
0: man. it can cause great harm to children if it's not done the the biblical way it can cause great harm and it's I all mean, around I... us man I mean we see the results of it <clears throat> all the time
3: let's let's, uh, let's take another break so Jace have you ever tried a tart cherry gummy I don't think so Al I haven't well you need to uh, there's, it's from the makers of super beats, heart shoes. And we've talked about those on the podcast before. Um, and these tart cherry gummies, they help reduce inflammation from exercise and they support your metabolic health. So they're made, uh, with a clinically studied tart cherry extract. That's up to 40 times more concentrated than any of the other tart cherry extracts. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. So they're great. Uh, they're going to help you. They're going to help that inflammation. Uh, they come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You get to try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back. No questions asked. So right now, you get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at slash feel. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's my fill slash for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. My fill slash Phil. So there's a reason why Jays that, you know, divorce it, it, the number, the percentages with every divorce, the percentages go up that the next one's not the next marriage won't make it. I mean, it's, it's you can just look at it, and and it's and it's simple to understand why it's because you think it's just you keep thinking it's the wrong person, <laughs> it's them, yeah. but it's typically it's you and them and her or him, and that's why it continues to not work because you don't find any resolution. You just keep thinking you know another divorce is going to solve this issue, but you keep taking you know all the things that led to the divorce in your marriage, you're taking that right into the next relationship, so. Yeah. Zach is right. If if you can't get that part right, and and that's why having a godly marriage is so important, then just trying it on your own without any relationship with God, it's it's pretty tough. Well, it's, when you, it's
2: impossible. I, I'm yeah. re, I'm reminded of the G.K. Uh, Chesterton. He wrote an essay, and the title of the essay, it's one of his most famous essays. It said, uh, "What's wrong with the world today?" by a G.K. Chesterton, and and I, I can tell you the entire thing. It says, "Me." And that was the essay. Just yeah. me, yeah. I'm, and and that's the thing with our marriage and and everything. We so we step into a church. Yeah, you've heard it say, "What's wrong with this Our church? Is a bunch of hypocrites." Well, when you walked in the door, that church became full of hypocrites. We we are hypocrites. We're fallen. We're messed up. We, that that's not the point of 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 these relational uh, relationships that God's ordained.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And we talked about that. We had Ryan uh, Lee on the podcast recently, Zach, and he was talking about when he because we were talking about worship in, in the uh, context of Hebrews 12. And he was talking about how that he was working in the college ministry with you. And, you know, he said, I, but I was approaching worship like a gig, you know, because he was coming in and yeah. just, you know, leading worship and then and leaving the kids. He said, then I started getting to know him, having him in my home. They found out where my coffee cups were. And all of a sudden doing life together became something unique. And so I think that kind of hits what you're talking about by both a marriage relationship and a relationship in the church, which is, I mean, the the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. So this marriage illustration definitely crosses over to the same kind of relationship we have with God.
1: Well, yeah, I think when you look at marriage, I mean, these people get the idea that, Oh, this is based on, you know, passion or, or a partnership, uh, you know, and, when you look at a godly marriage you're like well this is a this is a friendship based on a vow to god that character change is going to occur and the reason i'm i'm being specific about that character change cuz you realize if you make this all about passion and looks well that's never going to last you know, or romance, as they, you know, say on, on online, you'll come here and find your romance. And so it's just like with God, you base this on a promise. And, you know, when you surrender to God, which is, you know, I'm using that Ephesians 5 is he was talking about marriage and submitting to one another out of Christ. And he gets down to the end. He's like, yeah, I mean, you need to have your role in marriage. You need to love each other. Love is Christ, love the church. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. And in both cases, they're based on a promise. And that promise is why you don't get up and leave when things don't go your way or one of the two makes a mistake. It's That's when you get in there and, and all of a sudden character changes are made. I mean, because I can honestly say my wife has made me a way better person as this thing has developed. Right. But it came from a godly perspective and that promise was the security there. I mean, if you don't
0: have the security, well then you're just blown by every by the way, to every all, feeling in the world. To all the listeners out there, just just remember, I'm now seventy six. So you'll know before you get there, there'll come a time when sex is not the driving force behind your existence on planet Earth. You'll 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 understand Okay, it was good, but it lasted. But you know now, or as I
1: says, that ship has sailed take me some popcorn
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are more man. important things as shocking as it sounds than sex you'll finally get to the point yeah but, but it when you're 30 years, yeah, it takes a
1: few years when you're 30 and you try to tell you know a young man that it's difficult that's oh. why I think when you you have to define love at some point because when people say well it's all about love and you know like, well what is love and I don't think God did this by accident he gave one of the most detailed definitions and it's a paragraph of what love is and look i in my marriage i've been because al pointed this out early on i mean my wife and i on paper the the pre-marital counselor he suggested that we go on separate ways because we weren't married that at that point he literally looked at you know when you you take the test and the Compatibility well, for you're in a
0: group that probably worldwide, you're in a group, because I know you're not lying about it, that you waited till you married before you get in your wife's britches, and you said, I'm, I'm going the godly way. Thanks for you the probably uh, graphic description. What, what, what of... percentage is Jason and Al with that decision? Well, we're never gonna know what percentage. It's probably small. All your brothers, like, and your dad, you're like, now
1: nah, it's probably nah. small, but that was. Uh, I, I've said this before. It's a lot easier to be a virgin the longer you're a virgin because you don't know what you're missing. So I will say that I, I have way more respect for people, and I, I, I have a couple friends who were living with their girlfriend. They came to Jesus, and then they were. They didn't have sex again, until they were married. Yep. I mean, There's to me, that's argument. a lot more commendable. However, you know, my wife and I, we did, we did do that because of our faith. And there was a lot of, you know, you're not gonna do that by accident.
0: That's right.
1: So you have to have some, you just have to have some guidelines. And, and basically the last guideline we had was three months before we were married, we had a phone relationship only. And that was my fault because I couldn't keep my hands off of her. Right. So uh, she's like, "Just call me, and I'll see you at the altar." So, <laughs> which is what happened. And look, my first
0: thought when well, I that's quite the story there. You mean just phone being honest? Only.
1: Phone only. You saw her. The lusts. What you care? I just couldn't keep my hands off of her. So, uh, <laughs> and 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 I was not perfect in that situation, but we didn't come close to having sex till till our wedding night. But when I came out the door, you know, when they play the uh, dun dun today. Cause I came out, cause I, I hadn't seen her in weeks. Yeah, and I thought, will she be there? Cause that somehow or another, <laughs> it just I thought, what if she just said no? Cause I just hadn't seen her. You kind of
0: feel the old that old guy said, "What's my chances with you?" You know, you know, you know, a million, one out of a million. No, he said one out of a thousand. She said more like one out of a million. You know, that's you, you were in a, you were, I
1: was a dumb and
3: dumber. So, so you're telling me, there's a chance, but no, but Jace. So I've made an observation here after putting it all together today. So you, your stubbornness has turned out to be a good quality for you because the marriage counselor said, Nope. The the father in the future father in law said nope yep and yet Uh, you just plowed on through you you're you're a stubborn man I mean you know
1: (laughs) thirty years I'm knocking because look it hasn't got any easier in thirty years the personality conflict it's it's a daily battle but what I was gonna say is what I do more than any other thing is I read First Corinthians thirteen four through eight over and over because it keeps me from being a consumer in the relationship you know you're not giving me what i want you're not giving me when i want yeah i i I love is patient it's kind doesn't envy it's not boastful it's not proud it's not rude it's not self-seeking it's not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs It doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And it never fails. And every time I read that, I think I got a long way to go everybody does <laughs> i got a long way to go you ain't the only one but i instead of leaving and going across the street where the grass is meaner not greener that i say it. you know what i go back in there and i'm like sorry babe I, was, you know let's get this let's get back going and, and
2: that, again yep it's that same spirit too that that should translate into how we do church and how we um, how we lead in church, and how elders should, and how people under eldership should act. I mean, I think that's the spirit, and, and I think that's the reflection of, of who God is. We come into everything consuming, and then we yeah. see a God who overflows and and, yes. and pours out. And so it's there is a. It's hard for us to understand a God that would condescend and become human, become His creation. I mean that 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 sounds bizarre to us, but. I think what, what this whole thing is kind of getting at, this is the application of everything that the Hebrew writer's been mm-hmm. talking about. This is what it looks like. It looks sacrificial. It looks it looks like love. And so I, I love that you went to that First Corinthians 13. My mom made me I mean, memorize that's it. that when I was a oh, kid. Oh, that's it. You
3: know, yeah. Right? I have it well, memorized, well. but... Well, uh, I've got my go-to verse, and and I love 1 Corinthians 13 as well, but i got another go-to verse, and I'll share that in the overtime. If you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed uh, to subscribe to Blaze and uh, get our overtime session. So we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.